Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. We've been on for the last uh, two weeks. This is the third week. It's titled, uh, His Plan, His Way, and His Glory. And this morning, the focus is going to be on the glory of God. And one of the points that we've been looking at as we've gone through this series is we're talking about three things. His, his plan, His way, His glory. And two out of three is not good enough. God expects us to, to do all three things, to do His plan according to His plan, to, to follow His way as He's laid it out exactly as He's laid it out. And then when He does what only He can do to give Him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Before we get into the Scripture this morning, I want to share with you the definition of glory uh, that applies both to the Old Testament and the New Testament words. There's multiple words in both uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament that are translated into the English word glory. And we're going to look at the, the four most common words used. In the Old Testament, the most common words translated as glory are the words hod and kavod. And in the New Testament, it's doxa and doxezo. And doxa is the noun form of the word and doxezo is the verb form. But in both the Old and New Testament, where these words are used, they convey the same meaning. And here's uh, an ex- expounding of that meaning. A good opinion concerning someone resulting in praise, honor, and glory. Splendor or brightness like the light of the sun. Magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity and majesty in the sense of the absolute perfection of the deity. The word also conveys the idea of a weight or a heaviness. And all of these meanings can be seen as present in Scripture when God is said to have revealed His glory to man. And I've saved saved the simplest Uh, definition in my opinion and it's also the best definition again in my opinion of God's glory and that is a thing belonging to God the kingly majesty which belongs to him as supreme ruler in him alone glory belongs to God and to no one else this definition sums up the the whole point of this message this morning that God is owed glory and only Him. With that definition in mind, I want us to look at a few scriptures that describe the glory of God and Him receiving that glory. Starting in 1 Chronicles 29.11, this is a prayer from David. He says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are as exalted as head above all. And I love the pictures that the book of Revelation paints of all creation bestowing all glory and all honor and all praise to the Father, the only one to whom any of it belongs. Revelation 4, 8 through 11 says, The four living creatures, day and night, they never cease to say, 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. I want us to notice something here. At the beginning in verse 8 it says, The four living creatures... Day and night, never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then in verse 9 it says, oh, and by the way, whenever they're doing that, well, when are they doing that? Day and night, without ceasing, forever and ever. So while they do that, forever and ever, the 24 elders Give glory and honor and thanks to him who's seated on the throne, casting their crowns before him, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power over and over and over. They're just praising and giving all glory, all honor, all praise to the only one who deserves it, to the only one whom it belongs. And while this never-ending cycle of praise is going to the Father. In Revelation 7, 9 through 12, we read, After I saw all that, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And remember what they're doing. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. All the glory is His. All of it. You've heard me in multiple messages and in many, many prayers over the years that I've, I've been here I'll, I'll say in a prayer, all glory, all power, all honor be to you. Those aren't just words to be said. It's true. And that's what these scriptures say. Everything, all praise, all glory, all majesty, all honor, all everything belongs to him and to him alone. And we're called, we were created To give Him that glory back. To be like a mirror reflecting the glory of God back to Him. And we're going to see that in just a moment. God's plan was that all of creation would bring Him glory. Isaiah 43, 7 tells us that we were created for the glory of God. And in it we read, Everyone who is called by My name, whom I created for My glory, whom I formed and made. 
Well, who did God form and make? Everybody. And everyone was created for His glory, whom He called by His name. And in Matthew 5, verse 16, Jesus said, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. He's saying anything that we may do that's worthy of glory is to reflect that glory back to the Father. It's all for His glory. We can't hold on to anything. And that's what we've been talking about in each one of these areas, whether it's His plan or it's His way or it's His glory. We can't grasp it. We can't hold on to it. We can't claim any of it for our own because it's not ours. Everything is His, including us. We were created. Everything was created for the glory of God. The Apostle Paul used Moses as an example of how we're supposed to reflect God's glory back to him in Acts. I'm sorry, in 2 Corinthians. There we go. The Apostle Paul said that Moses literally glowed with the glory of God. And many of you are familiar with that story. He was in the presence of the Father and he came back. His face was glowing and he actually uh, covered his face to make the people feel more comfortable and not be put off by the glory that he was reflecting. And that's the way that it's supposed to work. And And Paul uses this example in 2 Corinthians talking about that and where we are now with regards to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone... How do you like that for the name of the Old Covenant? The ministry of death. The ministry of death carved in letters on stone. He's talking about the Ten Commandments. If those came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what has been brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? God's saying, if I gave 
my glory in the Old Testament in a, a law of condemnation. And there was so much glory that Moses glowed and scared the people. How much more glory will come from my spirit and from my presence in the new covenant? But there's something that I want us to, to catch here. Many of you may have heard uh, sermons or, or words preached on this scripture about going from one degree of glory to another. What we have to realize is this isn't something that we can grasp. It's not God isn't giving us glory. All glory is his. The reason that Moses was glowing was because he was reflecting the glory of God. And that's what Paul's saying. He said, if Moses could reflect God in the Old Testament, how much more will we be able to reflect his presence through the Holy Spirit in the New Covenant? And he's taking us from one degree of reflection to another. That the more time that we spend in his presence, the more time that we seek his face, the more time that we seek his plan, his way, and give him glory, the more glory we're going to reflect. There's different things. Any shiny object can reflect something. Even something that, like a coin that you can't see a reflection in, but you can shine it in the light and you'll see that it's giving a reflection. And then you may look in a pool of water and see your face, but it's not as good of a reflection as a mirror. And if you study science, you'll find that even mirrors don't reflect 100% of what is going on or into them. They, they only reflect more than the coin and more than the water. And that's what Paul's saying. The more that we come before God and the more that we offer ourselves up to him to be used exactly as he's calling us to, the more that we'll reflect his glory from one degree to another. And everything that we do is, is to reflect that glory and to give the glory to the Father that God might reach people who don't know Him because they see His glory in us. But it's a reflection. We can't grasp it. We can't hold on to it. So I want us to take a look at what happens when we go about it the wrong way. And by that I mean when we attempt to take some of the glory of God. And to do that, I want us to look at a scripture in Isaiah that's talking about uh, Satan. It's Isaiah 14, verse 12. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, O son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you were brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. And this scripture goes on and on. And for every time that Satan said, I will go up, God says, you're going to be taken down. He was called the day star, the sun of dawn, shining like the sun. That's how much glory, that's how much of God's glory he reflected before the fall. He didn't possess any of it. God had created him to be a very pure reflection of his glory. And he shone with that glory. And we don't know how long what the time span of, of that was, that he was in the presence of God, reflecting the glory of God. But the day came when he said, I want some of that. 
I want my own glory. I will ascend. I will be like the Most High. And in an instant, as soon as he did that, it says he was brought down. And he no longer reflected the glory of God. And he came to earth, and, and we all know this story well, in Genesis 3-5, when he fell, he runs into Adam and Eve, and he convinces them to do the same thing. In Genesis 3-5, it says, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he came and he lied to Adam and Eve, and they believed the lie, and he said, You can be like God. And when they took the bite of that fruit, what they were saying is, I will. I will be like him. I will ascend to the place of God. We don't have to reflect his glory anymore. We don't have to do what he's telling us to do. We can be like him ourselves. And in the moment that they did, they fell. As Daryl and I were talking about this this week, and he, he prefaced this, and I'll do the same. This isn't in Scripture. But, but I think it makes sense in this context. He said that, you know, in the story, this, is, this part's in Scripture, it says that after they ate, they realized they were naked. And they had to find something to cover themselves, and they went and hid. And what he said was, do you think the reason they didn't know they were naked before is they were reflecting so much of the glory of God they couldn't even see themselves? They were just glowing. But as soon as they said, I can glow like him. I can be like him. And they took the bite. The glory went away. They stopped. They could, they could not reflect him anymore in that state. And it went away. And they realized they were naked and had to cover themselves. This is the same struggle that we face today. Are we going to trust Him? Are we going to believe what He said? Are we going to follow His plan, His way, and when He does the miraculous things that only He can do, will we be able to give Him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, and not hold on to any of it? To know that it's only Him. In Isaiah 48:11, God is very clear when it comes to His glory. He says, I will not give my glory to another. None of it. It's all His. Remember what we read just a few minutes ago in Revelation of all of creation, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, the four creatures, all of the elders bowing down before Him in that presence, knowing that all they can do is bow before Him and give everything they have because it's all His anyway. That they would, they would not exist if it weren't for Him. None of us would exist if it weren't for Him. All glory, all honor, all power is His and His alone. And He says Himself, I won't give any of it to anyone else. It's all mine. And we've been talking over the last few weeks how if we are to do any part from ourselves, a little bit of our plan, a little bit of our way, or just we want just a little bit of the glory, 
And then we'll be standing before his throne and saying, God, look what I did for you. And he says, that's not my plan. That's not the house that I built. It's not on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You didn't come with me. You weren't with me. You didn't know me. You didn't hear me. You didn't follow me. You kept some of the glory. It doesn't work that way. All of the glory is mine. And that's the way He's called us to live. And He says if we do, if we'll walk by the Spirit, we'll go from one degree of transformation of becoming more and more like that perfect mirror to merely reflect His image better everywhere that we go. And then Jesus said, and when you do that and people want to give someone glory, make sure you point to the Father that all glory will go to Him because none of it is of us. There's no room for us to hold on to glory. I want to close with a contrast of I wills. The I wills of Satan and man and the I wills of God. Satan said, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will make myself the most high. And of course we know he didn't have that power. He didn't have that ability because there was only one and God said, no one will receive my glory. I will not give my glory to another. So then Satan out of anger said, well now that all I can do is hurt him and take what's his. And he came and convinced us and he said, guess what, guys, you can be like him. And we believed the lie and our answer, our I will, was I will be like God. And as soon as we did, we stopped reflecting his glory. Now I want to share with you the I wills of God. And all these are in scripture and they'll all be on our website all of the scriptures, because I've gone really fast this morning. There was so many things to cover. But all this will be on our website on this message. These are the I wills of God the Father in scripture. And this is not comprehensive. This is just a small uh, number of these scriptures in the Bible. God the Father says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to you. I will bless you. I will be your God and you will be my people. I will have compassion on you. I will forgive your wickedness. I will remember your sins no more. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart. I'll put my spirit in you. I will save you. I will never forget you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will be with you when you pass through the waters and the flame. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. He says, I'm not going to hide my plan. 
I'm not going to hide my way. I'm going to tell you where to go and how to get there. Just be with me and I will do all of these things. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the produce of the field. I will rescue you from every attack and will bring you safely to my heavenly kingdom. I will never cast you out. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never blot out your name from the book of life. And I will raise you up on the last day. Those are the I wills of God. Our I wills and the I wills of Satan are all about me, all about him, about what I can get, what I can have, what I want for myself. And God said, yes, I created you for my glory. I created you to reflect my glory back to me. But you know what I want to do? I want to love you. I want to be with you. I want to serve you. I want to lift you up with my righteous right hand. And we reject him. And over and over and over throughout history, we say, we don't trust you. If we did, we would be doing his plan, his way, and giving him all the glory. But over and over and over, we look and think, well, we can do that a little bit better. Or I'd I'd prefer to do this. And God says, well, really don't care. Really doesn't matter if you would prefer to do that. This is the plan. This is the way. And I will not give my glory to another. And if we walk in that, He does what only he can do. We talked last week about Moses hitting that rock with a stick. Moses could have hit that rock with a stick for all eternity and water wouldn't have come out. But God had told him to do that. So the water came forth. He's going to tell us to do things and we'll obediently do them. But when he brings forth the life, when he does what only he can do, we can't take any of the credit. We didn't do anything. He created us to reflect His glory. And the more that we're in His presence, the more glory that we can reflect. This morning we're going to close in a moment with prayer and thanksgiving. But give you the mic. Or sorry, okay. Candy got a word this morning that uh, we believe is for the congregation. So she's going to share this and then we'll finish and close. Good morning. <coughs> Um, So if you've been around me this week, you know that I've had an infection in my eye. And I went to the doctor. I did all the right things. I got the medicine. I've been doing the medicine. It's not getting any better. Um, I had not, however, prayed to God about it. And so this morning I prayed to God, and he said, I won't be healed until you give a message to my people in the church. And so he took me to Matthew 13, 16, and that says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. 
He said the Holy Spirit is here and he's working in this church. And we're going to, again, it's kind of the same. We're going to see more miracles than we've ever seen before in this place. And it's just another message to be ready. He says, I want you to be in the word. I want you to read the word. I want you to pray in your prayer language. And I want you to fast if he's calling you to fast. But continue to seek him in everything that you do. Because our eyes are going to be blessed by what we see. And our ears are going to be blessed by what we hear. Thank you. So the, the song that we were singing, I think it was the last song about, you know, we come here for him. We're not coming here for blessing. I believe God has given a word and words throughout uh, the years that this was going to be a place of healing, that people were going to come here to be healed physically, emotionally, mentally. But that's not why we're here. And that's going to be wonderful to see those things. And people will come to see those things and see God do those things. But all of that's temporary. Any blessing he can give us in this place, in this realm that we're living right now is temporary. We're still going to find the last day of our days and still pass away and still go to be with him for all eternity. So the thing that we need most, like that song said, is him. We need him. We need life. We need to be taken from death to life and to begin to be being transformed from one degree of reflection to another. That's what we're called to do. And, and as Candy said, our, our uh, heart right now is really just prayer, to pray that God will do what he said he's going to do and that he'll continue to lead and guide us. He'll continue to show us the way to go, that he'll show each and every one of you the way he's leading and guiding you to go in your own life and, and as you walk with this body. But he's going to do it. Just all of those I wills. He's saying, I will. He's speaking that word. He will make it happen. There's absolutely nothing we can do to make anything that he has said happen, happen. He has to do it. Otherwise, it won't happen because only he can do it. But when he does, we have to give him all the glory. We can't hold on to any of it. We can't pat ourselves on the back and say, look what we did. We're not doing anything. For whatever reason, he said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it here. And he says, and I want you to do it with me. And all we can do is fall on our faces and say, all glory, all honor, all power be to you because it's all you. And this morning, if uh, Megan will come up, we're going to close out in singing, but I want us just encourage you to pray with us this morning. Like Candy said, any way that the Lord uh, leads you to pray, and not just this morning, but throughout the week and the weeks to come. A word, God gave a word about uh, a few weeks ago about an explosion of growth coming um, within the time frame of Easter. And he's given uh, last year when Candy and I, it was literally a year ago this last week that we were in Israel, and he gave a word uh, to her about that a flood was coming. And in that word, a flood of people, and they, they were going to be coming and being healed physically, emotionally, and mentally. But part of that word was to pray. And so we're saying, let's pray and ask God to do what he said he's going to do and know that only he can do it. But more than anything, they need him. More than anything, we need him. 
And there's a scripture that I want to read to you before we go into the worship. It's Psalm 50, verse 23. God said to David, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Let me read that to you again. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Wherever you find yourself this morning, no matter how hard things are, no matter what difficulties you're going through, give God thanks and praise for who He is. It doesn't matter if we get the physical healing or the emotional healing or the mental healing. What matters is if He heals us inside and brings us from death to life. And for that, we're going to give Him all praise and all glory and all honor forever and ever and ever. And we'll say, holy, holy, holy are You, Lord, because no one else is worthy to receive the glory, only You. And we're not here for the healing. We're here for Him. But He's so gracious, He's going to give the rest. Will you stand with us and agree with us in praise and prayer? Thank you for listening to this week's message.